Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating in listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. To the left, Pellegrini, inside, Pizarro Golasso, Pizarro Golasso. Here's the goal scorer, Morgan, and he's done it again. Lewis Morgan with a second of the match. He won't have to By the dip, by the dip. That's what everyone keeps on saying. You have to buy the dip. But what happens when it just keeps dipping and dipping? You run out of dip money and you can't buy the dip any longer. It's like every single week we play, I'm like, okay, it can only go up from here. Like we can't really get any worse. And then every single week, I'm wrong. There's a significant difference, buddy. When we talk about crypto all day, you know, I'm telling you buy the dip right now. Stay off that bad boy. Just just cash cash on hand is a position here. Yeah, listen, if you're not losing money, you're kind of making a little bit of money. You are. You are. But unfortunately, we are not. Well, yeah, to be fair, yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to put you on blast like that, though. Uh, it's been it's been rough, man. So, so much pain. We are living in the house of pain. We are trying to smile and be happy, but everyone, I think, knows that we, we enjoy uh, the few <laughs> episodes that we get to do after a win. But, you know, here we are. So welcome, everyone, to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington. Here, as always, is Mr. Alex Papa George. How are you doing today, buddy? Doing great. Doing fantastic, sir. How are you on this beautiful, hot, hot, hot summer South Florida day? It's been steamy, man. It's been so, it was so hot today in the afternoon. Like, I was walking around and, oh, man, (laughs) my whole back was just drenched. We're getting to that point of the year that you really have to bring two t-shirts no matter where you go. Yeah, for sure. And it doesn't help when like, you know, we have to wear like the gaiters or the mask in the common area. So I wear the gator. So it's always around my neck, just like helping hold heat in. Oh, it's, 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 it's miserable. It is miserable. But we do have uh, a bit of, of good news, at least something that excites us. We hope it excites everyone else. Why don't you go ahead and unveil what our latest inter miami podcast endeavor looks like yeah we, we got a few adventures out there now we got a, we got a couple lines in the water shout out than harrington pink smoke we got a shit ton of subscribers right now jumping on pretty much at a weekly basis if you don't already do hit us up on any types of social media to get involved with that but jay to answer your question my friend we are going to go ahead and put on a live, I said live, Instagram show from the stadium this Friday night where Inner miami takes on Orlando City. <laughs> I thought you were pointing. 
like you were just like pointing as like you were talking. I thought you were like, you slapped that air horn, son. So <laughs> you I, hit me with that air horn. But uh, I, I don't know if, if, if they couldn't hear that. Yeah, when we play Orlando City this Friday uh, at 8 p.m., this is going to be fun. Probably going to have some fan games, some arm wrestling, some sanctioned fights. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but drinks, maybe, I don't know, pinatas. I doubt it. But we'll be there live streaming it all, having a blast. We're going to kick this one off over with the Siege and uh, Nacio and Rosa Negra. That's where we're going to be posting up. We're going to have a table outside there. Go ahead, swing by. Jay said it. We're going to have some games, you know, a couple of games that we've tossed around, you know, getting a few members of the supporters groups out there, you know, tying each other's legs up and you're doing a little bit of a leg race, uh, you know, potentially an arm wrestling. And Jay said, we might just buy some blow up boxing gloves and just say, hey, let's get after it. <laughs> and if we, if we are that lucky, maybe some Orlando City fans roll on over. Maybe. Make Ooh. the make, make the six o'clock news. Ooh. Ooh. Um, well, I guess technically it'd have to be the 10 o'clock news since the game's at eight. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Uh, it'll be a new learning experience. We just got our wireless lavalier mics up so we can be very mobile and wireless. And uh, we'll give this thing a whirl, see how it goes. Then we're going to be jumping around to the different supporters groups, uh, tailgates, pregame parties as the season goes on. But just wanted to take this to yet another level because you know what we love to do for something that we're not compensated for? Invest more of our effort and time into it. <laughs> oh man, we're taking this to another level, but we're doing it our way. The Inner Miami podcast style, that is what we bring to you. So do tune in. If you're at the arena, go ahead and swing by. That's going to be what? That's going to be the northern northeastern side of the parking lot across yep. the street, not actually in the parking lot of the arena, but right across the street. Jay said it right next to the siege. So we'll be out there. We'll be bopping around. If you are at the game, swing by. We're going to have drinks. We're going to have fun. We're going to have singing. We're going to go ahead and do all that fun shit out there. And if you're not local to the game, do us a favor and tune in. We'd love to hear your comments. We'd love to hear your feedback. And hopefully this will not be the last time that the Inner Miami podcast takes this to video. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of requests actually to, to go to the, uh, you know, television video platform. So we're going to we're going to do it, man. We're coming out hot. It's something that's been on the, the scope for a little bit of time here. The team invited us to do some pre-game and halftime shows. And ever since then, you know, Jay and I got a little bit of a bug and we've been putting this together. We actually started talking about some ideas that we have planned for everybody, actually with a few members of the team that we were tossing around. They thought it was a great idea and, you know, honestly, just never kind of followed through. So we're going to go ahead and do it. Better late than never. Can't say we didn't follow through. It just took us, you know, a year. <laughs> Oh, wow. but we got it, but we got it. But this is going to be the ultimate tailgate experience. Do check us out. But there was a game that actually happened, unfortunately for us. And, you know, Jay, I got to say, man, it was it was a it was a tough game to watch. I came over, cracked some, crack some brewskis with you, Chloe and Sherry. And we watched this very sad match of a game. And this this game was and Quinn. And Quinn, but he was not drinking, even though he's probably the loudest and craziest one of them all. Nobody checked his water bottle. Ooh, you see, that's why you're from Kentucky there, bud. But, uh, but no, this game was super rough to watch, not just because of how important it was, not just because we had about a three-week gap off, not just because we really struggled in this one, but really because we've been watching the Euros for the last few weeks. <laughs> and we've been kind of accustomed to a little bit better football out there. It's so rough just seeing... You know, how well those guys who don't even play together 
you know, they only play together for a few weeks at a time and well, they've got it together much, much more than, than we do. That is, that is absolutely 100% for sure. But speaking of international soccer, Mr. Robbie Robinson was listed on the United States men's national team gold cup preliminary roster. And also in addition to that, Rodolfo Pizarro was called back up to play with El Tree for a couple international friendlies as they get ready for the Gold Cup. Not going to lie, slightly confused with both of these. This whole tug of war between Pizarro and, and the Mexican national team, called up, sent home, called up, sent home. He's too injured to play for Inter-Miami, but he's not too injured to play for his, his country. I don't know what that's all about. I don't know if there's something larger at hand here where we're seeing where his, I guess, passions and, and allegiance lie. I mean, it's been a very, very rough start of the season for Inter-Miami and for Pizarro as well, battling through in injuries. And then also confused about Robbie Robinson. Same thing, like you've been too injured to play. Every time we try and play you, you pull your hamstring. But now you're on the preliminary roster. Is that just to gain experience and practice with the, the squad? Is there a world where Christian Pulisic is sitting on the bench and Robbie Robinson's playing for us? I mean, I, I don't see that happening, but uh, I guess it's a good story. I, I guess there's no possible way that that happens, but... Regardless, it is our number one overall draft pick getting some potentially solid experience. I don't think that this team is completely formed out yet. Again, this is the preliminary roster that he was invited to. So we'll go ahead and see if he makes that final cup. But regardless, just getting some experience with some people who have done it with a very high level. He is a young individual. And yeah, Jay, I got to say, man, it's, a, it's definitely unfortunate for us that he is not uh, just kind of staying at home and taking care of that hamstring, even if that is healed and he's ready to play it's likely to get injured walking down the street who knows you know he, he could bend over tie his shoe and pop there it goes we just don't know what these types of hamstrings honestly <laughs> he'd be like the dude walking down the street like sees like a like a, a, a nice looking lady and like trips over his feet and just like sprains his ankle and is out for the a month yeah something like that or someone who just like kind of like reaches down picks something up and just can't get back up but Either way you look at it, I don't think Robbie gets any PT. The, 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 the even crazier part is the fact that does Mexico really think that Pizarro is going to be their saving face in this next tournament? I well, they'll, they'll probably play him play him correctly uh, as he should, but I mean we'll see. I, I I mean I want I want him to do well, but I just don't understand the the exact situation that that's going on. But there were also some some other players that were called up for the the Gold Cup. We got Jay Chapman. Uh, Joven Jones, Kelvin Leardem, Rodolfo Pizarro, and, and, and Rob is, Robbie as well. And then uh, shout out, like they haven't really re reported this, uh, but obviously Chapman, Canada, uh, Joven Jones, Trinidad and Tobago, uh, Kelvin Leardem is uh, Suriname, and of course, Rodolfo's Mexico, and uh, Robbie is the United States. One that's not listed, who is currently a starter for the Bolivian national team, is Jairo Quintero. He is uh, technically an Inter-Miami player. He's just on loan at Club Boulevard. So, I mean, this guy's getting the start. Uh, once the loan's over, maybe just bring him in and make him a starter if, if, if that's what it takes. I guess if you actually list those players off, I mean, we're not like, is it crazy to say that Jay Chapman's actually going to be the most one missed? 
Probably. I mean, it's kind of wild to say that, but I mean, I'm looking at the lot and I mean, Robbie's been out. Pizarro's been gone. Who are the other people? Leardham, Leardham and, and Jones. And, and Jones. And, you know, Jones got some PT here, but Jay Chapman's been a starter for the last two games. I know the last game, but, and who could for, forget, you know, rumors was that he, he did put one against Toronto over, Allegedly. The, uh, over the break there. But, uh, but Allegedly listen, he can score. We got, we got Robbie still out. We got Pizarro missing or MIA in MIA. And now to bring this to a whole nother level, we have Gonzalo Higuain who didn't even travel north to the match in sighting conditioning for the reason. Jay, you got to be kidding me with this, man. How does he not even travel with the team? And I mean, honestly, conditioning probably comes in the job description with the soccer yeah. player i'm just saying you know i'm not the brightest but you know it's got to come in there and i mean i quote this we threw it out on our instagram this last week it was quoted and published that gonzalo Iguain actually <laughs> said this to a reporter knowing that he was getting you know interviewed and he reported this i thought i could play with a cigarette in my mouth <laughs> A clown. I mean, damn. I mean, that's just I mean, disrespectful, I mean, man. What what professional even smoke cigarettes? First off, and I, then, I bet some of the Russian hockey players definitely rip some grits before and after games. Listen, probably man, at halftime too. Those th those hockey players are some other types. Of they boys, are, they're, though, they're a different though. breed. Yeah, th th that ain't Gonzalo over here. And I mean, listen, what what does that even tell you, Jay? Like, what does that tell you about his mentality? to i guess it kind of and it actually makes you want to step back a little bit and say hey you know this guy's been probably smoking bogues for you know good part of a few decades you know has he ever not like what he had success over in syria with you know napoli uh Juventus. you know juventus uh places like that so i don't think this is like a new hobby or habit that he got into in south florida even though it does have his tendencies well have we confirmed that he is a smoker or is he just trying to say this and like be funny Maybe he's smoking weed. I don't know. Do he <laughs> he's smoking. These guys? He's smoking something. But it to me, it just says like you were taking this kind of uh, not. I don't know if jokes or whatever. But you just you you this you weren't taking this seriously, right? Coming over to the MLS, she was like, oh whatever. I'll just go get paid a bunch of money, then I'll just retire. It'll be super easy. I'll just run and crush everybody. And then you come here and you realize like these refs will let quite a bit of contact go down. The league is faster than people expect. The defense closed down faster than, uh, you know, outsiders from Europe or around the world expect. It's not an easy league just to come in. There's been very few players who really have just come in and dominated right away. I mean, and, you know, we're talking about like a, a Zlatan or, or Carlos Vela, something like that. But the rest of them typically take a, a little bit of time to get up and running. I mean, Giovinco was, was obviously very solid, solid. David Beckham struggled, you know, when he first came over to the United States as well. So it's not something that you just easily adapt to. I'm, I'm a little confused that Federico wasn't like explained to him the, the, the lay of the land for this league and, and how people are playing. I, I'm really kind of dumbfounded as to why that wasn't taken more seriously by him, especially for that price tag. And the one thing that it really does it, it it pisses off the fans we view that as as disrespectful and in the discord and on the facebook groups like people are really starting to kind of turn on gonzalo because he comes out here and thinks oh i don't even have to i don't even have to try it's like when eddie lacy showed up like 40 pounds overweight 
to like OTAs, you know, and, and that's like the, the first sign before you're going to get released. Like, cause you didn't take your off season seriously. You didn't take your three week break seriously. You've probably just been a, running around here, you know, eating one too many empanadas. They, and those empanadas are good. Empanadas are good, but you're a professional athlete. You should probably just be eating, you know, water and, and protein and maybe a little bit of substance there. I'm not a nutritionist, but uh, you know, he, he's sluggish on the field. He's slow. It looks like he doesn't have his legs. Matweedy looks like he's getting older as well. So I think we're starting to really kind of see this might be the wrong move we made on, on these guys. Gonzalo should take a page out of Cristiano's book and just put the Coke down. Just, yeah. just, just grab a water, super, super healthier for you. Just, just put the Coca-Cola away. But Jay, that's a good point. I actually didn't even think when I saw that and even since then, like he, he very well could have been joking. He very yeah. well could have been joking with that statement, but the reality is don't joke about that mm -hmm. because you're absolutely right, sir. Fans, we, we pay hard earned money. We spend time, you know, that we're, we're leaving our loved ones and family and other stuff that we can do productive to come and see you play. Right. And, and if, travel across the nation, you to know, do what? It too. I, I actually might be more pissed off at that quote. If he doesn't smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Fair. Now we need to find out if he smokes. Now we need to find out if he smokes. Well, if any of our listeners are private investigators, please reach out to us at the Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. We still have not found the Blaze Matweedy search group yet. We have not. We have not, but maybe. We're going to we're gonna have to take it up a notch. Yeah, maybe I should send I know, the drone out. I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy in the FBI. Perfect. Tell Carlos we'll swing by at eight. Anyway. <laughs> Jay, we did have Christian McCoon get a second start in this match, which... Is nice to see. I got to say personally, what what do you think about that? Very good to see, right? This guy's a lot of potential. I mean, he's young, he's he's big, he's I mean, can impose himself. I mean, you know me, dude. I love swaggy braids or swaggy dreads. So when he came out with that, I was like, "Hell yeah, man. You're you're looking like the the part right now." And overall, you know, I, I thought he he's been playing actually, you know, pretty decent giving their circumstances and now we're going to be out of a few of our key defensive players. So we're going to he's going to have to you know, continue to step up into that role and continue to grow. But I think this is one of the players, and you've heard me talk about Carranza quite a bit. Those two are the ones I think we need to focus on developing the most, get as much game time as possible and let them grow because these were early acquisitions we made that we saw a lot of potential in that we paid quite a bit of money for. So now we need to see the results. When we first signed Christian, we were super hyped. Super hyped. For we were, sure. We were pumped not just about what we were getting, but what he could become. Mm, right. Yep. And it, it was the it was the really kind of the ceiling of the potential. And hopefully we keep leaning into that. You know, another player that I like to see out there is Sammy Gadiri much more. Uh, really have liked the playing time that he's given us. And I think that he kind of has proved himself to kind of be in that mold. And I mean, you know, we're going to play a clip of Phil Neville a little bit later in the podcast, but he does talk about it in his post-game interviews with all the reporters. Just it, it seemed like from his report that he played the players who really wanted to play and who were there in good spirits. And I think that is, you know, without being there on the day-to-day, -day, maybe maybe Sammy needs to show him that a little bit more to get that starting spot, or we're just a little bit crowded in the back, back end. What do you think? I agree with what you're saying. I think it'd be wise for Phil to watch about every single Fort Lauderdale CF game he can watch because that's where Sammy came from. And you look at uh, other players on that team, Noah Allen, uh, so much potential. Ben Evans, 
really can impact a game. Curry is is very very quick and decisive on his feet, and then Sean Hundall is is seems to be a, a true goal poacher. Knows the positions he needs to be in and can really read the run of play. So I'd be watching this because I think this is where we're going to be bringing up a lot of talent. And the MLS also just announced today that they're going to put in this uh, kind of intermediate development league. I assume similar to like what the the, the uh, G League would be in the NBA. It'll be interesting to see because it's supposed to be uh, Division Three, so on the same tier as USL League One, which is where Fort Lauderdale CF plays. So it'll be interesting to see, will that just... Is there another team coming or another program or is Fort Lauderdale CF just going to be our version of that since we already have it established? Because many teams have like, you know, Atlanta United 2 or Toronto 2. So many other MLS teams have teams in the USL League 1. So keep an eye on that. But that needs to be, I think, a major focus for us because we can bring these players up. There are some clauses in the the rules and contracts, stuff of that nature, to where homegrown players can be paid higher than than the salary cap you know this is something we need to focus on this is something we need to be keen on and and really analyze we hired a director of analytics we're going to need to pull up players from the academy from fort lauderdale cf because the difference between watching inter miami and fort lauderdale cf is fort lauderdale cf seems to be a more cohesive unit and understands how to play as a team better than what we do we were talking about this off mic. I don't. Even, I think it was last week or or so, and really talking about, you know, going to use a term kind of that farm system term. Yeah. You know, more of like the double A, triple A's of the in baseball, right? And you know how some of these programs like Atlanta United, Philadelphia Union, uh, who else? The Seattle Sounders, teams like that that have been around the block for quite some time. They have a nice stream and a pipeline of talent that they're breeding through these development clubs underneath them to eventually make into the senior level team. Now, catch is, right, is this is our second year in competition. So these players who are currently in our academy's program are still very, very young. They're still 14, 15, 16 years old, even younger in some cases. So it's going to be a little bit of time till this talent and these these players see the senior team. So again, it's talking about more of the ecosystem on a inner Miami macro level versus looking at it on a game to game or season to season basis. But in a few years, don't get it twisted, everyone. This is this is a main reason why Major League Soccer made such a push for all these years to bring a team down to South Florida, specifically Miami, is because we do have such an untapped local market of just super talented kids. And fortunately for us, we're going to be the beneficiary of that. You know, we look at our other expansion club team, you know, who started right when we did, right? Nashville. There's no way Nashville has the talent that we do at a local capacity. Exactly. And, you know, without going into the... <laughs> The, uh, the breakdown of, of Nashville as a, as a city. I mean, we're, we're living down here in South Florida, which is the the hub of all Central and South America, all of Latin America, to really come into the United States. So a lot of these, the, the, the kids in South Florida grew up loving soccer, grew up playing soccer. So we definitely do have an edge. And to piggyback off what you're saying, the academy should be the one of the largest focuses in the organization. The Inter-Miami U12 and U13 academies won the USL Academy so they're having a hell of a time. 
Fort Lauderdale, you, again, you can see a lot of good coming from Fort Lauderdale CF, but it's got to come start at the academy, bring them up through Fort Lauderdale CF, and then into the senior Inter-Miami squad. And that's what you see. You mentioned Philadelphia. Like, that's exactly what happened with Brendan Aronson. And now he's over in RB Salzburg. And, uh, I mean, he's just he's, he's playing lights out for, for club and country. And you can watch him on the Gold Cup. You know, he will be out there banging in, banging around with Christian, with Weston, with Gio Reyna, with Sergino Des, all of them. So that is a massive thing that we have to continue to focus on. Now, to be fair, we're still living in post-McDonough era. You know, Chris Henderson is not Jesus Christ. So it cannot be done in seven days, six days if he rests on the seventh, right? This is going to take some time. I think we both have a lot of faith in Chris. Chris is probably like, whoa, man, this, what did I, what did I get myself involved in? This is even worse than, uh, than I thought. But I guess, like they say, you got to hit rock bottom so you can go to the top. I think Chris Henderson might be the best hire this club has made in its entire franchise history in the short period that has existed. I mean, we look at a outside of Ray Hudson. The, you're absolutely <laughs> right. You know, I got to give the man the credit, but I mean, you go down the line, it's just been just like a redo after redo after redo. And I mean, speaking of this, Jay, I mean, I got to ask too, we're talking about redos here. Crazy thought. I know a little bit, but do you think we cut ties with Diego Alonso just a little bit too early? Now follow me on this, right? Last year, we were an expansion club. First year in existence. That is a very hard task to do. Dude led us to the playoffs. Now, albeit, the playoffs were a little bit more of an extended invitation this last year with 10 teams, but we did make the playoffs. We dealt with COVID last year, which is simply unprecedented in sports or in the history of the world to we know it. So with all of that combined, I'm also going to throw one more thing in there, and that is the fact that we did not even have our entire club the entire season. So I got to ask, bud, did we make that decision too quickly? So that is a very fair question, and I've actually had this conversation like multiple times this, this past week. So here, here are my thoughts. Diego, from the get-go, wasn't, wasn't David, wasn't Jorge's guy. You know, he was the the last minute decision we had some some fairly big name coaches that we were trying to get over here and they just kept falling through and falling through and falling through so diego's just just what we we got now did he do a, a solid job for us in his first season all things considered first year expansion team of course he did but you know what he also took uh what was it pachuca to the to the Concacaf champions league won that and then he was uh fired shortly after or was, was that monterey I, I can't remember off the top of my head but he won the Concacaf champions league and then he was he was terminated shortly thereafter so i think they're I, i'm not going to say it's the wrong decision here but at the same time look what will trap said when he left like this is a collection of individuals right that everyone's kind of on their own and and their name is bigger than the team and then you look at what aj de la garza said like half the team speaks spanish half the team speaks english there's no communication and that was really both those comments were made at the end of the season so he had a lot of time to, to kind of turn that around. We also saw some issues where he was making subs super late in the game and not really willing to, to, to take control of the game. Now, did we have some great wins? Yes. Um, I just, I, I, I can see that argument, but for me, I don't think it was really done too soon. 
Um, but it, a lot of people are like comparing and contrasting to Phil Neville and Neville's only been here a short time as well. So I think Neville needs more time to really get his hands on the team and, and, you know, get his way of playing football across to the boys. So it's a little early for me on that one. I honestly, man, I got to disagree a little. I think that he deserved and he should have had one more year under center, if I can use a football reference right there. But he, he, I think he deserved one more year. Listen, I think part of the process in building a club is that you have to have trust and commitment. And obviously, you know, Paul McDonough, dude was doing some sketchy shit behind closed doors. But in my opinion, I don't think Diego knew of all that craziness that was going around. So when Paul approached him and said, hey, how about your boy Redufo Pizarro? I'm sure he was like, hell yeah, let's bring him down here. Now, obviously things did not pan out the way that we would have hoped that it would. But I think the underlining point during this whole kind of topic of discussion is just realistically how much pressure there is to succeed in a city like Miami playing football. I think that is the underlining point here. And I think that this, this, this team, this organization, this management group, this, this league expects for Miami to be a leader in this league. And we just simply haven't gotten to that point yet. So, you know, only time will tell. There's no way that we can, you got something to, I see that finger. Hand on that. I, 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 <laughs> no, that means you're, one you're, of two things. And I don't think it means a second. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're 100% right. It's tough in this city, no matter what sport it is. I mean, Miami fans will, will turn on you and they'll talk smack, but also, um, from a league standpoint, we promised that, you know, David and, 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 and Jorge promised that, you know, we were going to get big names and be a great competitive team, not only in the league, but also, uh, you know, in the world and someone that can compete with the, the highest level club. So they kind of, kind of set themselves back, I guess, in the situation because they had sold this club as so much more. And then one more little correction. It was uh, Monterey where he got toasted after winning uh, the champions league, but let's go ahead and give a, a, a breakdown of this calamity that was, you know, at least, at least I, I had you to hang out with that night, but was it wasn't too much to take away from this one, honestly. I mean, we had fun, but we always have fun. You know, <laughs> it doesn't take much to get us uh, a little bit rowdy there. But uh, but anyway, we looked at a 1-0 loss against DC United this last Saturday night. It was a not a good showing. This was the second time in a row that Inter Miami falls short to DC United, dropping us to the 11th seed in the Eastern Conference with a record of two wins, two draws, and five losses. <laughs> we accumulate those L's so well. We do. We do. And well, they're not the only thing we're accumulating, buddy. No, it's not, man. But uh, if anyone's keeping tally, we did lose over those two matches, four to zero, three to zero in our first absolute smacking, and then a one zero butt kicking up in DC. Yeah, it seems like they have our number, don't they? I would say so. It's really tough. It's really, really tough. And not to mention that nightmare of a first game, which was a, the second game of, of of the club's history, right before COVID shut down the world. Uh, the red card. Uh, from being up to zero to to down two one in a, in a matter of minutes, man, it's uh, it's been rough against against DC for sure. And the 
most embarrassing part is, yes, D.C. is a historical club in this league. What, they've won four times, I believe. Um, but this year, they're not good. And so we're just losing to to the really bad teams, and it is very, very uh, upsetting to to endure. What do you got? I'm trying. What do you, what do you got? Bro, like, so, like, I don't know. If I'm just, like, I've just been tied up into the whole, you know, sports gambling world here for the last, you know, couple of weeks, but... Dude, DC might be a dark horse in, in the rest of the season coming out of the East, man. I'm just telling you, like, the team was super banged up out of the gate with a bunch of injuries, and they're firing on all cylinders. Don't don't be surprised if you see a couple more wins. But, Jay, I got a question for you, bro. This loss was pretty bad. But I got to ask you, was it the worst loss in franchise history? Hmm. Because there's a couple games that kind of come up to mind, right? And, and and you touched on it a few minutes ago, which was that that loss in DC United last year, the Roman Torres game. We had the ass kicking meltdown that the New York Red Bulls delivered to us last year. That was a four one L. And then this last game, man, like wh- where does this kind of compare? <laughs> well, you know, I guess it's like uh, those. Those martial arts guys that just kick the the palm trees or the bamboo trees over and over and just like bleeds and bleeds and bleeds until they like calcify and get hardened legs. Like I guess I'm just getting used to to so much pain. My my emotions are just so scarred that there's no nerve endings left in me. But actually, I'm gonna go with one that uh, you didn't even mention. Um, as far as letdowns, as far as coming in really excited, as far as a game in a an amazing wet, wet game to get the whole community united and, and bout it, bout it. Then you come out in the first round of the playoffs and lose three zero to Nashville and get completely dismantled and can't do anything. I'm going to go with that one because that was the only inter Miami game. I straight shut off in that second half and just walked away. So that would be my choice, but pick your choice, kids. We got lots of options. Uh, you know, I'm actually thinking. I just bring too, that back. Well, no, I mean, I'm actually going to bring you back even further, a few games further, to be exact. We were actually at the stadium watching this game with Manuel, but the I think it was the Toronto FC Ben Sweat game. Oh yeah. Oh, that was brutal. I gave up that penalty. Oh yeah. man. And then Blaze Matuidi. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Dude, there's a lot of hurt around here. <laughs> what was it? It's I like saw... that meme where you see where it's like the, like the, like the cat and like faded out behind him. It's like the Vietnam War. Like, right. You're like traumatized. Like that's what just happened to me. Like you just, you're just bringing up past traumatizing events that my mind has like blocked out. Dude, did I send you that? There, there, there's some Reddit subred that's going on in the inner Miami community. And someone posted like, Oh, like I'm a, I'm a new fan, relatively new fan to South Florida sports, inner Miami, et cetera, et cetera. Like super excited to be a part of this group. And the first top first post that's posted says, welcome to the pain. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I mean, like, hats off to La Familia, man. The, the supporters groups and just the, the regular fans as well because they keep showing up to the games. They stay loud. They support the team, man. But it is not for the weak-hearted, for no. sure. No, no. This is <laughs> this is not for the weak-hearted. 
Speaking of the fans, Jay, total off topic, but I think you actually sent me this. I saw it a few times on social media, but did you see Austin FC's big picture that, that, that the supporters, the TIFO, the TIFOs, yeah. do you see that shit? That was unbelievable. I saw that. Um, many clubs do it. Little birdie, a reliable birdie told me that we were going to do one for the first ever game against LA Galaxy, but that was obviously canceled due to COVID and we haven't done one yet. I mean, yeah, I'd love to see it, but plus the supporters groups hearts, man, they've done so much already. Now they're going to have to go organize this as well, but it would be really, really cool to do. It would be, here's the game to do it, right? Here's the rivalry game to do it, bro. We play down to our competition and I think we play up to our competition. I mean, we almost, you know, had a chance of, of winning or drawing against LA galaxy. We did take down Philadelphia union. So maybe we're just going to come in just guns a blazing. I don't know, man. The, 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 what the series is drawn two two. Orlando beat us the first game in MLS back tournament. No, no, you're right. Two, two. Okay. Sorry. Bro. I know I'm, I'm supposed to stick to the script. I'm sorry, bro. It's so just, bad. It's like, it's like deaf ears, bro. <laughs> but anyway, I got something that I'm smiling on. And that's because of you just doing your thing. But I got something that might be better than what dude i know you're a sucker for a shiny bright express suit check this out yeah the, the verde suit yeah if you haven't seen did you see him banging on the congo drum yeah dude, it, i mean like then what I, more do you want i'm still taking david beckham but a, a close oh. second is is matthew mcconaughey as as in, being involved with anything i mean he is just the man the man the man yeah dude i mean i go look this up yeah just look up yeah, Matthew McConaughey in, in his green suit with this little dope ponytail, just being the man, hyping up the crowd. They were rowdy, dude. I watched that game. They were very, very rowdy. They were excited to have that stadium. Their keeper actually played a hell of a game, dude. He was making saves all over the place, and the fans were losing their mind as he was doing it. It, it, was, it was pretty cool to see, man. So, so I'm watching this video as Jay's talking. Go ahead, look it up. Austin FC has Matthew McConaughey on the field. I got two questions for you, Jay. Number one, simple yes or no. Is Matthew on drugs while he's out here banging this drum? No, man. Don't be disrespectful. Matthew's just super cool, super chill, man. All right, all right, all right. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Yeah, he's also super high, but... I mean, he's like his biggest like breakthrough role was dazed and confused man like that fits the bill dude he's the what is he the the culture something culture chair or something with austin uh university of texas in austin like no he's I know like, he went there i know he graduated no, yeah, he's there. like i forgot what the position it's like a high level not president but like culture chair something like that and um dude he's just a super cool guy i've watched a lot of his interviews there was a great one actually that craig ferguson not that um Faraday did on on the golf network dude where like he's just a super chill dude question number two why the hell is congo man not out at our games doing this well i mean i'm sure he wants to be but it's there's a difference when you're just a, the, one of the biggest diehard supporters for a team and there's another difference when you're you know partial owner of a team you have a little more a little more say on who gets on the field you think what i'm thinking I'm thinking what you're thinking, dude. Get this man a stake in this team. <laughs> Which, oh, how much can you get for like a hundred dollars? A hundred dollars? Just like a, like a point zero zero two five percent owner, and then like you're a in quarter Dogecoin or something. But to be fair, 
the club should be reaching out to Conga man to, to bring him out there. He is, he's great to see. And, and, uh, you know, he's also just an amazing guy. He really is. I mean, Leonardo, he's, he's, he's the man. He really is. He, he is true and true. What you want to see in a fan. Great fan, big fan of the podcast. And Jay, let's bring it on back to football here. Why don't you go ahead and tell us. Do we have to? I was finally smiling. Okay. We can fast forward. Do you <laughs> want to fast yeah, forward? Yeah, They're keep brutal, man. I know. Just keep it going. We got, we have, it's the commitment we have to La Familia. All right. Well, I'm done talking. We don't enjoy doing this. So why don't you take it away? Oh, you know me. I can't even read a script. Um, okay. Chase stats of the game time. All right. Where did these go? It's not good. We had seven shots, one on target. I believe that was Breck Shea. They had 13, three on target. Um, 18 fouls is what we had. They had 12 fouls. We had three yellow cards, two red cards we had. Um, they had zero red cards and two yellow cards, if you were concerned. No offsides again, which is impressive, but you do have to take into the to account that we were only playing with nine men, so we, we probably couldn't even get offsides if we wanted to. Uh, D.C. United, two offsides, four corner kicks for us, one for them, two saves for McCarthy, uh, one for Bill Hamid, who is a, is a hell of a keeper. Possession-wise, now this is tough to say. I'm sure if we didn't, we weren't going to be in the majority anyway, but when you go down to nine men, it's very, very hard to maintain possession. Uh, it was 68 to 32. Those are Jay's game time stats. Very nice. And for those of you who are wondering, don't worry. We are still leading the league in yellow cards with 23, baby. We got oh, it. Oh, we're about to be leading with red cards. <laughs> are we not already? Do we, let's find out. How do, we, how do we look that up? I don't know. You go ahead and do that, man. I can't do that. Uh, but... Yeah, 23 red cards. Philly Union's got 22. Houston with 21. But super bad news for us, even more so than what you just shared, is, is that in the last three matches, we have conceded five goals. <laughs> we're, we're tied for first. Nice. Who's, old, who's tied with us? Um, New York Red Bulls. Nice. nice yeah, nice. yeah, Very yeah, cool. yeah. Very cool. Well, we, we need to do something about that and capture that first seed outright <laughs> but jay did you hear that man i know that you were deep <laughs> off into god knows what type of world but in the last three matches we've conceded five goals but you know what's worse <laughs> we haven't scored is that what you're about <laughs> to say great scored a goal in that same time span and that brings our new goal per match total to 0 0.86 <laughs> and that's Just per match so so much pain so much pain welcome to the pain welcome to the house of pain Man. yeah well you know we did you know <laughs> hey listen things could be worse we could have had this loss and play 11 on 11 yeah so that's fun right so that that is funny so we will uh, we'll get to that so mls power ranking somehow we're staying sideways so we're not dropping which is 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 impressive so technically in, in that metric we're not the worst team in the league but as far as uh, what was said about uh inter as miami inter june's two-week break on the back of a 3-0 defeat to dc at home and they've returned to action with a 1-0 loss on the road to the same opponents despite going down to nine men that's progress end quote so at least people think we are improving and incremental steps i guess was there a comma before that's progress it was period then that's progress period wow just in period statement. yep 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 
but yeah, so if you for some reason turned off the game after the first <laughs> red card, <laughs> after, guess what? We got a second yellow uh, red card. Sorry. We did the match playing nine on 11 and like, man, it was rough. I remember w at one point, just when it was nine men, like LGP just like runs through the midfield, gets up on the left wing and the announcer's like, well, LGP is an unknown territory up here in the attack. Like just all out, go for it, man. And I can't even knock him. But we lost uh, Gregory. We lost uh, Ryan Shawcross. Now Gregory in the 56th minute um, off a, a, a second yellow card, uh, and he was sent off. And we're gonna get into this. What Phil Neville thinks about that? You can. Many people think that's not uh, not a penalty. And then Ryan Shawcross straight red in the 84th minute when he wrapped his arm his arm around the neck of Joseph Mora. Now, both will be out against Orlando City on Friday. And so Phil Neville did say he was going to appeal the red card from Ryan. But if I know this league, if I know the referee and body of this league and their view and relationship of Inter-Miami, it's going to be upheld. There's no possible way that this gets rescinded. But we did have audio clip from Phil Neville's post-conference, and we wanted to play that for you real quick. Let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, I think I think in relation to tonight, I think I think the dressing room is, uh, I think I've got to be really careful, careful here because I don't think I've ever seen anything like what I saw on that football field tonight. Uh, in terms of some of the decisions that I saw, uh, you know, two sendings off, uh, two sendings off weren't sendings off. Penalty wasn't a penalty. Uh, so, uh, and it, it, I suppose it's not the first time. It's not the first time. Uh, Atlanta, uh, Nashville. So I suppose this is just normal. I suppose this is just normal. So. Uh, uh, that's the disappointment. But what I said to the players tonight is, is, is that I think I think what we've we've learned since the start of the season. Uh, and again, I'll be careful with my words. Is that uh, we've got to use everything that's been thrown at us <clears throat> as a football club and as a set of players out on the field on four or five occasions already this season as as part of our motivation to do well, to show people, to prove people wrong. Uh, you know, nothing in life is easy. Nobody comes and knocks on your door and gives you three points and, and gives you gives you the things that you want in life. So tonight was was probably like that moment when it, it was you know that it's going to be uh, like that uh, for into Miami as a football club. We've seen it in the things that's been dealt with to the club, uh, the things that have happened on the pitch in terms of some of the some of the decisions that have been made against us regularly every game by every referee. Uh, I try to be really positive. I try to be really positive about uh, referees in, in, as a manager, and, and I will always support them. They're only human beings. But uh, some of the things that I'm seeing uh, are, a, are a major, major worry, major, major, major worry for this for this league. And uh, unfortunately, my players have suffered tonight because they give they give everything. They give everything. Their attitudes were fantastic. We had to suffer at times. Uh, and and they are really really angry, frustrated, uh, fuming. All those superlatives that you want to use in your articles, please use uh, about what they thought was a major injustice. And 
I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't say anything positive other than that, you know, in a way. I think that clip says quite a bit about Phil's view on the refs, and we have covered so many of these harsh, harsh calls against Inter Miami really since the, the the start of last season, going back to that first DC game against them. And it's something that we've got to be aware of. And we need to adjust the way we're playing or, or approaching the game because I highly doubt that the refs like Inter Miami. They probably think we're a bunch of complainers or our fans are a little too aggressive, whatever it may be. But my man said it well right there. And, you know, now for, for a bright spot. I think complaining is probably the most consistent thing that this team does outside of get yellow cards. But the other thing after listening to that statement is just, Jay, I think someone should just like greet Phil when he's walking off the pitch with a nice big glass of Johnny Walker and just say, <laughs> hey, man, here you go. <laughs> And just take the edge off a little bit yeah. because you could tell from that he was very frustrated and didn't seem like it was directed towards his team and his club. It seemed like it was much more directed towards the officiating crew. And I, I don't want to misquote the, this specifically, but I did believe, I think he said that he will always support them, meaning the refs, they're human beings, but this was a this is a major worry for the league. And it was major, major, major worry. This is a major worry for the league, and you know we've seen it all the way through since last year. And you know it, it, it kind of is unfortunate that we got to keep going back to this. But you know, I don't know, man. Well, how, how can we change this tide? That's that's the golden question, and I don't really have the answer for you. But I, I will tell you, even after being that frustrated. Um, Phil, I'll tell you what was was a, a great, great bright spot is we did have a, an IMPC member up there. Than Harrington did drive to attend the game, and then he shared some photos that he was able to take after the game uh, with him and his son Riley and Phil Neville. And then the second one was with Riley, his son, and Lewis Morgan. And just to see Riley's grin, it was truly ear to ear being up there with with his idol and it was just it was spectacular too so hats off to lewis hats off to to phil neville for coming out there and you know kissing the babies you know it's it's not always something you want to do especially after that loss but but hats off to him that was that was the bright spot of the night i think it was great to see those photos and and dan and riley were smiling but god i would have liked to have known what dan was thinking underneath those bright shiny teeth of his <laughs> well fan was probably fanboying just being a diehard manchester united fan just at the the opportunity to be able to take a picture with uh with phil neville so so there's that well, to finish this off, we did, like we say, take home a loss, a 1-0 loss against DC United. We're done with them for a while, thank goodness. But we did lose this match to a PK in the 72nd minute coming off of a handball from Christian Makun by Ola Kamara. So he did put that behind John McCarthy for the loss. So as we look forward, though, very interesting time in Inter-Miami season. Jay, I may say that this is this is the deal breaker this is the most important game of our entire season season this is an insanely pivotal match coming down this friday not only is it against our rival orlando city in the copa del sol match numero five 
Numero could, five. Could, could, couldn't do that quick Spanish right there, so I had to go for five. <laughs> Cinco? Not that hard. Are you sure? I'm absolutely positive. You're right. <laughs> That's some stuff that I can't do on mic, but we look ahead and we do have Orlando City coming down to sunny South Florida Friday, June 25th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, do remember, we're going to be at this stadium doing a live show on Instagram Live. So if you're not at the stadium, do tune in on Instagram. Follow us at Inter Miami Podcast. And if you're at the stadium, swing by. We'll be right next to the tailgate with the siege. So we'll be right over there. So we play Orlando City, who's sitting currently in the second slot in the Eastern Conference with 15 points in a record of four wins, three ties, one loss, five points behind the Rebs for the top slot in the Eastern Conference. They've won three of their last five with a W last week against Toronto FC. Kind of interesting twist though, bud. Orlando City actually has a match against the San Jose Earthquake tomorrow on June 22nd, which is a Tuesday. And that match is actually in San Jose, which is in California. So they're gonna be flying cross country only to come back. And they might actually just go ahead and just come straight to South Florida and play our match against them three days later. <laughs> it's it's sad we have to like look forward to those circumstances, to this being uh, the, the way we could possibly pick up a win. But here's my correct... The MLS might have maybe adjusted that too. Yeah. Being like, hey, how can we help these guys? Yeah, yeah. So here's my correct cue on the script. We are two, v- or two to two all-time versus Orlando that we... Lost the first game and the MLS is back. We won the second, and that was the first home game we had where Kronz had a brace, and then Pizarro put in the third. We lost to them as we traveled up to Orlando. We still, had, still had a great time, though. Yep. And then uh, we we beat them very, very late in the game off that LGP header, which really helped us get into the playing round of the playoffs. Now, here's something very notable that I know a lot of Inter-Miami fans are still bitter about this, and a lot of them don't want to hear this. We just kind of wish it'd be sold over to Europe already so we don't have to deal with them anymore. But Daryl DK did play last week in his first game back with Orlando City. Uh, funny enough, we have not won at home yet this year. What have <laughs> You get it? Funny enough. It's not that much. It's miserable. I'm glad you... Maybe it's just the way you read. <laughs> I guess so. But both of our wins are oddly in away matches, uh, Cincinnati and Philadelphia. <laughs> Here's, he is losing it over here. All right. I mean, I'm glad that, that brought you joy, man. Hell yeah. Uh, I am Ron Burgundy. I am Ron Burgundy. Um, man, now I'm thrown off. Orlando, fourth in the MLS. I believe you just mentioned that. But 14 assists this year. And 10th in the MLS with 11 goals. They drop them in. In now, notably, that's not the right stat. We're back to the to the red card stats. But goal wise, we're looking at Nani with four, Tesrak and Delhi with three. Um, Ameda Junior with uh, with I believe it's Junior or so. I'm not even sure. That's a that's a long name. With two, uh, and Perea with one. Those are their top goal scorers. Now, Chris Mueller was not Chris Mueller was not in the match. Uh, due to being called up to the national team. So good to see him back on the national team. He is a, a star and hopefully 
Uh, we don't have to deal with him when we play them. But of course, their goalkeeper, Gillespie, uh, he leads the, the MLS with four clean sheets. He's a hell of a keeper. He is a hell of a keeper. Yeah, this is not going to be an easy one. We are going to have to bring the heat. We're going to bring this noise, La Familia. This game is going Friday night. Nothing more than you want to do than show up and kick the shit out of Orlando City, baby. Let's do this shit. Oh, man, I'm pretty fired up, man. It's only Monday. I'm ready to go. But this is a blackout game, so you know what that means. Blackout, blackout, blackout. Blackout. That's exactly right. How That's going to be interpreted so many wrong ways with La Familia and all the supporters groups. Oh, my God. That is just a fitting. I don't think they even realized what they did with calling this the blackout no, game no. because this is going to get nuts. It's going to get real rowdy before and after. Yeah. I just can't imagine after this game, especially with Inter-Miami taking home this dub. That's right. You heard it here first. Jay, what's the score? I'm going to go with 2-1 Inter-Miami. What are you thinking? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with 3-0. <laughs> just, all right, or cut Orlando. it off right there. <laughs> Dude. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere, though. Cannot wait for the live show. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is a perfect game to have it. I really hope that they uh, can figure it out and play better and get a win. But um, you know, typically when I do these, I'm I'm, I'm wrong. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just you know set this up by being wrong, and we're gonna get the win. But. My technical answer is 3-0. Listen, a lot can be forgotten with a dub against your rival. That goes for any sport in the entire world. Let's get it done. Rivalry games tend to do that. So we got a responsibility, everybody. Show up to the match. Show up early. It is Friday. Get out of work a little bit early. Call PTO. Your boss can't get mad at you. But show up to the stadium. Do your thing. Let's get routing. Let's show Orlando City what's good. They haven't seen our crowd in full spirits and capacity yet and let's go ahead and blow their socks off so i just hold it together right i'm trying handle ourselves with class um please don't throw objects onto the field that seems to be getting very very trendy again uh let's 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 keep it classy even if we're uh you know losing seven to zero yeah we already had a conversation with the heineken bartender about <laughs> yeah. what happened last time let's, <laughs> let's not repeat that all right you this know? is why we can't have nice things <laughs> You know, if you guys just want to stand in the fans and just throw bottles at yourself, that's totally fine. But let's keep it off the field. Let's keep this game going. And Jay, I think that's it, bud. I believe that that is uh, that's where we're going to leave it, man. Thank you so much, everyone. If you like this podcast, be sure to drop us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Uh, click and subscribe and tell your friends. Also click and subscribe to Pink Smoke. If you want to get in the Discord, we're talking every single day about a multitude of different subjects of the MLS. Inner Miami, of course. Fort Lauderdale CF World Soccer. It's a good time. Get at us on social media. We will send you the uh, the link to join. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Inner Miami Podcast. On Twitter at Inter M-I-A Podcast. And shout out Steve Munoz for that fire five-star review, baby. You're a fucking guy, Steve. You're a legend. And as we end every single episode, vamos, Miami. And I just know how everyone likes this. Vamos, Miami. <laughs> Your nails on a chalkboard, dude. <laughs> Dick. <laughs>